Welcome back to another episode of BBP News for a special Saturday morning good news brought to you by Nick. Nick brings us the greatest and the best good news stories the first Saturday of every month. This is September, Nick. I think you said you have five stories for us this morning. So what do you have for good news Saturday? Do you have a preview? Are they in any specific order? Or um, So I really didn't put them in uh i didn't exactly have like an exact order for them i think the order that they just actually naturally fell in works out really well so i'm really excited to see how this turns out so i guess i would imagine everyone just wants to get right into it the good news because that's what everyone came here for and to be completely honest that's what i came here for i didn't come here to talk to you I came here to hear the good news. No offense. That came out really offensive. (laughs) No, none take it. I mean, I love the good news as much as as you do. I love the good news a lot. And and that's why I just love jumping into the research for these ahead of time uh, and and making these episodes, bringing them to you. And I'm in full agreement, so let's jump right in. So, we start out with our first story, and it takes place in Tokyo, where the Paralympics are currently being held. And a guide runner for one of the blind runners actually proposed to her. The the guide runner proposed to the runner that he was guiding. And they had been a team for many years and were very close, and... um. This took place after, right after they finished a race. Uh, she races for Cape Verde, uh, where she was born, and they had come in fourth. And right there on the track, as soon as the race finished, uh, he took her hand, got down on one knee, and asked her, and produced the engagement ring right there at the Paralympics. And everyone, even the competitors, cheered. And believe it or not. This isn't the first time something like this has happened during uh, the Olympic season. As back in July, an Argentine fencer was proposed to uh, right after her country was knocked out um, of the fencing competition. So this is now the second proposal that has occurred during this Olympic season. Okay, first of all, Nick, that's like a really cool... In, like an engagement story. I mean, that's one that even if you weren't involved in the engagement, you'll remember forever. Because who else can say that you saw an proposal at the Olympics? And who can say you've been proposed at the Paralympics before? I know. And <laughs> to have it happen right on the track, like right after the race is finished, think about your adrenaline still pumping from the run. You know, you were just racing against tons of other athletes from all different countries and things like that. And all of a sudden you're being proposed to by the person that you uh, have been running with for years and years. That (laughs) that's a feeling and experience that you don't forget for anything. I only have to say one more thing on top of that. He kind of makes the rest of us look bad, Nick. (laughs) Because (laughs) no other man in the country 
or probably the world will be able to do a proposal at the Olympics. At the yeah, no. And what's crazy is this is the second one that has happened. The second proposal that's happened at during the Olympic season. The first one, like I said, during the uh, regular Olympics back in July. Um, they, the the to think that there have been two proposals at uh the olympics you know olympics or paralympics in one year incredible and, and just mind-boggling <laughs> what do you got for a second good news story all right so this one's a bit longer so Tia Jensen was diagnosed with leukemia back in 2018, and she had started going through chemotherapy treatments, but she found out later, a little, you know, a little down the line, that she was still going to need a bone marrow transplant. Now, Gage Tap, he was, he was struggling too. Uh, he was dealing with a lot of depression, moving to a new state, had only partial custody of one of his kids. And so he was dealing with a lot, and he actually put himself on the national uh, bone marrow donors list. And so he waited. And not too long, you know, not too much later, he was selected and matched with, with Tia Jensen. And a couple months after that, Jensen had her bone marrow transplant, but that wasn't the end of it. So... Jensen wanted to know wanted to know who her donor was because she wanted to thank them um, because it was an anonymous donor and you know she in her mind someone doing that for someone they didn't even know um, it, it was just incredible to her so she wanted to properly thank them so she wrote letters for a matter of two years before she got any information before and then at that two-year mark thereabouts she finally got an email with gauge taps info and then they stayed in touch for quite some time they got in, in touch with each other stayed in contact and but they had never met face to face um tap was in Idaho and she was in Washington state, but they ended up meeting on live TV and that was how they met face to face. And it finally gave uh, Jensen a chance to thank him herself and gave them a chance to meet and tap when he was uh, asked about, you know, his thoughts when going through all this and signing up to donate his bone marrow and all that, he said something that kind of really resonated with me, so I wanted to read it here. He said, quote, It's how I was raised. Help people when they need help. If you can help in a big way or a small way, doesn't matter. Do what you can, and that's it. I always love these types of good newses because, you know, whenever you sign up to be, you know, like a bone marrow donor or... You donated maybe a part of your liver, kidney. You know, sometimes, unless you're directly related to this person, you don't know who your donor is and you don't know who you're donating it to. Mm -hmm. So when the person that got it donated to makes the effort to try to get in contact with the person they got that, you know, bone marrow for, in this case, and to personally thank them, 
I always like those good news stories because you don't have to, and it's not easy to get that information and track these people down to thank them. And then just to add the whole nother element of having it on national television is even cooler. It's honestly incredible. And the way that these two kind of saved each other without really knowing it is, it is absolutely wonderful because obviously he saved her life through the bone marrow transplant um, and all that in, the, in his donation. But also, and, you know, it was mentioning this as well, was that in a way doing that, and you can really see it in, in the quote I just read from him, helping her really helped him uh, appreciate life a little more. It, it allowed him to pull himself out of that struggle that he was going with, or at least give him uh, a step up away from all of that, which is incredible in its own right, let alone, like you said, the dedication for her to try and find him and thank him herself. Uh, the feeling of that, you know, him, the feeling on his end when he found out about that, I would have no words. I would be absolutely speechless. It's just all magical it's the best way i can really describe it i agree with you 100 percent. and you know you really said it a lot better than i did especially including the quote and you know the whole significance of that behind it but what do you have for our third good news story Okay, so for our third story, we are transporting ourselves over to London, England, because Natalie T. Pa, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, I'm sorry if I'm not, she is a blind singer who went into a restaurant in London after a performance, and she had gone into the restaurant with her friend. Now, the thing was, this was Natalie's birthday, um... And so her friend told the restaurant staff that, and, um, and the staff noticed that uh, Natalie was blind, and they did something that is honestly rarely seen. The restaurant took it upon themselves, the workers took it upon themselves, to actually look up how to write out happy birthday in Braille. And then they froze chocolate and then actually wrote it out and brought it out to her um, on a plate for her to read. And this wasn't, you know, this wasn't anything suggested by the friend. Actually, the staff had pulled her aside, the, had pulled the friend aside uh, when she had gone to go use the restroom and asked her, like, hey, is this something that uh, would be appreciated? Is this something that would be... Uh, well taken and, and appreciated so it wasn't her idea at all they took it upon themselves and this restaurant is very new it had only been operating at that point for a few weeks and they were doing something like this they were going this extra mile and the whole thing was captured on video and now has over 16 million views so this has been widespread. I've said it once, I've said it twice, and I'll say it again. Small businesses, especially small businesses that are in the restaurant field, 
they always go the extra mile to please their customers because they want people to come back. And not only that, they want the good reputation of them. But I mean, this is really above, above, above beyond because I mean, learned how to do brow, molded the chocolate to make it say happy birthday. I mean that, and then only be open for a few weeks. That's just a, a wow. And I don't have the exact quote in front of me at the moment, but the owner of the restaurant had talked about how important hospitality is and, and how important comfort is at uh, in a restaurant and how it's supposed to be a very comfortable place to be and how hospitality is the key. And they, they really showed it by going this far to take... Uh, to take action like this and to go as far as they did to accommodate and to um, help Natalie, you know, enjoy her birthday. Just incredible. I don't want to play favorites, but this might be my favorite good news story so far. <laughs> I definitely love this one. And I was, I, I was really happy to find this one. I'll, I'll say that much. So, what do you have for our fourth good news story? Can you right. top that last one? The fourth story is just a little short one, um, but it's, I thought it was something that was really cool, so I wanted to include it here. Uh, Washington, D.C. officer Taylor Brandt, in her first year of being an officer, was able to save the lives of nine different people. Now, that is an incredible feat in itself. And in fact, she's being recognized as a hero within uh, her department and just within DC. Um, she's managed to save nine different people. And actually, the first instance of this took place within her first couple weeks of being on the force as she was able to save a gunshot victim uh, who had been shot multiple times. And, you know, she managed to save his life and it just went on from there. Nine people. When you think about it, there's a, a lot of officers in the field who have gone their entire careers without saving uh, nine people, you know, saving their life directly from from a life or death situation. So to do it in her first year, she's being recognized as a hero and rightfully so. You know, you said it perfectly. A lot of people don't can go on the force their whole life and not be deemed as a hero, not save lots of lives. But this lady saved so many lives in her first year. She, you know, she should be deemed as a hero and good for her. You know, in her first year, she saved how many lives? Nine? Nine, yep. Saved nine lives and did it all in one year. And rightfully so that she's being deemed a hero. The action that, you know, the, the bravery, the action, the ability to do all of this, simply amazing. Uh, honestly, I, I don't really have a lot of words for this one because it really speaks for itself. Um, this whole story just kind of speaks for itself and, and everything that she's done. And I'm just kind of excited to 
look at this story as it continues to unfold, you know, look at in another year, you know, when she's been on the force for two years, see what has happened since, because this is kind of a story that'd be cool to, to really keep up with, I think. Yeah, I agree. And for our fifth and final good news story, what do you got for us? For the fifth and final good news story, I thought this one was a great one to end on. So in the Atlanta National Airport, there was a man playing piano there, and he he plays in that airport regularly. Um, You know, and people oftentimes will walk right by, not really pay attention um, and all that, but he still comes to play. Well, he was finally heard by one man who was, you know, waiting for a flight. Uh, his, he, his event that he was going to was canceled. So he had time to wait for his flight, uh, kind of just walk around and see what was going on. And he came across this man playing piano and he has a major following on social media this man does so he reached out to um reached out to his followers and he asked them to help raise some money for this pianist and he said it himself he only expected to raise about two thousand five hundred dollars however the story spread and uh, they ended up raising over $60,000 worth of tips for the, uh, for this man. And the story is just like incredible. And in the fact that, uh, this man had sat down to talk with the pianist for a while after he was done performing and found out that he spends about nine hours of his night on dialysis uh dealing with kidney disease and then even after that still takes the time out of his day to go and play music at the airport uh four hours at a time every day and just enjoys playing music enjoys life and he wanted to help in any way that he could so he you know like i said he reached out to the followers and they raised over sixty thousand dollars for this pianist I only have one thing to say. The power of social media can be great. And also that 60,000 hours, over 60,000 hours, will be a great use for the dialysis. You know, the medical bills and such. But power of social media, that's great. The power of social media, you're absolutely correct. I mean, it can be so helpful. And that's the thing is that, you know, we see a lot of bad things come from social media, a lot of negativity, a lot of fighting, and and everything else. But it's instances like this where you just have that spark of hope for social media and just for everything, you know, because you get to see that this kindness and this compassion and all of this still exists it's still out there even with everything else going on in the world and so for them to raise over sixty thousand dollars for this man that they had never met before never spoken to uh never seen before just it's 
wonderful to see. The compassion is just truly touching. I agree. And that is the end of this Saturday morning good news. Like I said, we do them every single month. Nick finds the greatest and best good news stories all around the country. But we will be back here Monday morning for a news episode. Dumb Laws on Wednesday and Friday, a news episode. But until Monday morning, have a great long weekend, everybody. Bye, guys.